you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. Dave Damashek here again with Side B of episode number 34 of the Dave Damashek football program. Uh, make sure you listen to Side A. Good stuff. We just broke down rank. Uh, what did we all talk about there? We talked about uh, AFC playoff AFC implications. AFC talked about Matt Leinert. What, what's going to become of the Texans now that Matt Leinert is under center for the remainder of the season there? We just talked about uh, Keanu Reeves extensively. and uh, mm-hmm. So lots to talk about. And we just talked about David Nelson, too, the, uh, the Bills receiver who handed off the football to his uh, cheerleader girlfriend there. You tweeted out Adam Rank yep. at, at Adam Rank. You tweeted out what should be the name because I predict, and in fact, I think this is a this is a slam dunk prediction. Is there any chance this isn't a reality show inside of a year? Of course, the the football player from Buffalo and the uh, and the cheerleader girlfriend from Dallas. Of course, this is going to be the stuff for reality TV. You uh-huh. tweeted out what should this fan is or should this reality show be called? Again, on the Shame Report this week, I declared it off the top of my head. David does Dallas. I think that's I think that's probably going to be it. But the let's leader see. in the clubhouse. What for did sure. what did the listener come up with here? It's time for tweet it a. Well, we had a couple of ones. Eric Page called it "Beauty and the Blowout." Beauty and the Blowout. Okay, not bad. That's only one, but that's really the the episode. That's really not a name for the whole show. But all right, uh, Nicholas Brandt, who I actually know, he's a friend of mine, had ha- half Nelson. Half Nelson. And yeah, because it is. the yeah. wedding episode becomes full Nelson. Ah, cute. All right. So it's that's good. Uh, you only have like 11 people who follow you on Twitter, so the no. pickings might be slim here. Hank Hank dropped out, so I'm down to 10. Oh. Um, we'll get to Handsome Hank in just a moment here. Greg Withlow called it sleeping with an NFL player so my child can go to private school, but David Nelson was the best I could do. <laughs> <laughs> strong clunky though i don't know that's, how that's gonna fit in tv guide that's a working know. title yeah yeah like when you come across that on the dvr listing it's gonna like are you even gonna know what it is it's but interesting though interesting two more sarah peters two four six eight is enough all right that's not bad that, that, that's assuming good. quite a bit about uh that's being quite optimistic about their uh, respective well, no, no, no. reproductive no abilities. she's saying like two four six eight like a cheer like cheerleaders cheer uh-huh and then eight, eight is enough. Eight is enough. Yeah, like the eight touchdowns the Cowboys scored against the Bills <laughs> this weekend. And uh, Frank Floorsmeyer said cheering for the enemy. That's a pretty good one. That's not bad. I, I like cheering for the enemy. I like the half Nelson, but I still give the award to Dave Damashek for uh, for David does Dallas. No, uh, I, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be that way. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that guy. Like the kind of guy who would name a two man podcast after only himself. You don't want to be that guy. I don't know exactly. I have to, it sounds like you're just, you know, talking in a vacuum. I don't know to what that refers. I mean, if you're talking about the Dave Damashek football program, upon which week after week the listener gets to hear 
a seasoned veteran of the microphone lend his considerable talent to carry another person who, you know, whose contract really, frankly, wasn't paying off at the NFL Network. And some higher-ups came to said uh, great talent and said, can we milk something out of this contract? We just want to salvage something. And I so remember that, that meeting when they came to me with that. Oh, you stinker. All right, now listen. We got Jalen Rose coming up. We've got Jerome Bettis coming up. But right now, walking through that door, he walked through a minute ago. Let's hear his theme music here. All the way from England, NFL Network employee, Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, Handsome. What a pleasure to see you. How are you? Good, thanks, Dave. Morning. I love that music. I love that music. Thank you for getting that done for me. Do you love James Bond? Uh, I do. I, I, I love Sean Connery. I love James Bond, but I love Sean Connery most. Controversial stance I'm going to take here. I love Connery, too. I think Connery's terrific. And Timothy Dalton is bad. I think everybody agrees bad. about that. Actually, if you look at what the book was, his Timothy Dalton portrayal was actually pretty good. I don't care what the book is. I, those those books, I, I care about that he was not charismatic. He was much better as Prince Baron in Flash Gordon, if you'll go back and look <laughs> at that 1981 gem. But I didn't care for him as uh, as Bond. Pierce Brosnan was okay. I like the I like what the new guy, what's the new guy's name again? Girl uh, Daniel with the, Craig. Dan- Daniel Craig. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's interesting. I, 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 but it's a complete turn. Did you see what... the new Bond girls we had in the like-dislike column last week? Oh, I did see them. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, and you can look at those at davedamashek.nfl.com. A great move, I feel, and a generous move, again, by Dave Damashek to allow Adam Rank's <laughs> yes. third-rate uh, pages to show up on, uh, on my precious blog page. No, great stuff, I thought. But um, – I think that the guy who gets ignored too much is Roger Moore. He was a good Bond. He was a legit Bond. That's the Bond I grew up with, so maybe I'm biased. The problem for him is he, he was like the Rolling Stones. He hung on too long. He got well, he, to be he got to be a really old man, and it was upsetting to watch him pretend like he could actually beat up a spry, muscle-bound bad guy. That was a little bit far-fetched. But in his heyday, he was pretty good. A man with the golden gun and all that, not bad. And, and Spy Who Loved Me, Dynamite. The, the problem with him is that he was also the saint. And it's the same thing that I have the problem with Captain America. Somehow the torch and Captain America are the same guy or played by the same guy. It's just kind of hard because Connery was Bond and that's all he did. Roger Moore was the saint. Although I will say his portrayal of a Bond type person in Cannonball Run, maybe his tour de force. Exceptional work and a good note from you. Now, let me counter that, though. Doesn't Roger Moore deserve credit for doing the hardest thing that there is to do, replace a legend? Who do we have who's successfully done it? Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. uh, replaced uh, Brett Favre, of course. Right. We have uh, Roger Moore replacing Sean Connery successfully, I think you can say, okay. relatively no, no, speaking. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that Moore was bad. And Mr. Furley replacing Mr. Roper. <laughs> and as great as Furley was on Three's Company, he was no Roper, but he did an admirable job of trying. Didn't Roper he? was the man. Is it forgotten, a forgotten thing of Hollywood that Norman Fell, Mr. Roper, was in the original Ocean's Eleven? Wow. No, I didn't. And Norman Fell also makes an appearance in the great picture, of course, The Graduate. Yes. He's the mean, uh, you know. <laughs> 
uh, landlord guy uh, who kicks uh, Dustin Hoffman out of the typecasting the the, uh, the flop house there. Anyway, handsome Hank, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for this. <laughs> Now, first of all, before we get to, because we bring Handsome Hank in, if you're new to the program, we bring him in. He reads the most incendiary comments of the week by football players, by coaches, and beyond. But also, you're a Miami Dolphins fan. You've won now not one, but two in a row. You're really putting yourself behind the eight ball if you want to get Andrew Luck. How say you? Where's your, where are your emotions right now? Dave, I'm thrilled. I, I'm, uh, we're not interested in Andrew Luck. This is a playoff hunt. We're, we're still in it. Everyone's written us off. <laughs> Everyone's written us off. Um, but it's not about how you start the season. It's about how you finish it. How? And, uh, and, and the wild card berth is well within our reach. Well. How are you going to feel about Well Jake? within our reach. I'm sorry. I'm trying my British accent again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you do it much better, as we established last my week. My English accent is better than Handsome Hanks, but all right. Of course. Uh, how do you feel about Peyton Manning suiting up for the Dolphins next year? Uh, I would feel horrible about that. I don't think it's going to happen. Because we were talking about it earlier, and I kind of joked about it because I do an alternative six rankings on Tuesdays, the bottom six, the race for number one. I'm not allowed to reference who the number one team might be lucky enough to draft. But I think it would be interesting that if the Dolphins, or excuse me, if the Colts did get number one, they held on to it, they drafted a quarterback, not saying who it is, that where Peyton Manning would end up. Like, it's kind of an – like, where could he possibly that would never, go? That would never happen. But where could he possibly go? Well, can, I've got a suggestion for you. I had a conversation with someone about – in fact, with Jason Smith, one of your colleagues uh, yesterday Who? about this. Jason Smith. Um, I'm not he's, familiar he's with He's with him. you on Fantasy Live. Oh, that guy, yeah. Um, uh, the New York Jets. Mark Sanchez not really working out there. I don't think anyone would argue with that. How about the Jets get Peyton Manning for three or four years, mortgage their future, get Peyton Manning, and and he has a chance to win? I think they have to make a move at quarterback. I think it would be interesting. I think the next quarterback for the Jets is going to be Tony Romo. Well, it's funny. That's the guy who I always target, Tony Romo. I always say if he does this this year, really, this has to be it. But I do think that the Cowboys, because we talked a lot about the AFC on on, uh, side A of the podcast, I, it's it's hard to really even have a legitimate conversation because rank your points about the Niners are well taken, but I just don't think that they Niners at the end of the day would have a chance of knocking the Packers off. I just in a playoff game, there's just no way they're going to be in Lambeau. It'll be cold, good defense and everything, but just it, it just comes down to would you be, will, will Alex Smith be able to shoot it out with Aaron Rodgers? No way. They would scratch out enough points to get past a team that is not very good at scoring. And but I don't the, care. I, I know that they will try to grind Frank Gore. And, and, uh, but the playoffs and, are completely different because you look at what happened between the Patriots and the Jets last year, and you wouldn't say, oh, if this came out to be a shootout between the Patriots and the Jets, Tom Brady versus Mark Sanchez, you would be like, of course Tom Brady difference wins that is, matchup. Difference is – that whereas when the Jets got pressure on Tom Brady, it it uh, confounded him. Aaron Rodgers can run away from pressure that the 49ers put on him. That's the difference. That's why he is nothing short of the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Now, the team that could get it for whatever reason, and I really cannot figure out why, the Bears are the are the bugaboo for those Packers. For some reason, they have Aaron Rodgers' number, but of course that's relative because Aaron Rodgers Wait, still the, beats the, them. He still beats them, but for whatever reason, those they have the ability to keep those games a little bit tighter than anybody else. But the Lions beat him last year by getting pressure on him by knocking him around Aaron and Rodgers, knocking him out, knocking him out of the game. Exactly. You don't. 
that's part of it. That it's exactly part of it. All right. Well, if, if so you knock the 49ers out of the game, then all bets are off. But if the 49ers can get pressure on there, you don't think they can get that kind of pressure on Rodgers? I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers will be able to run away from what uh, from what the Niners do to them, and I think they'd be able to shoot it out with them. But I, but you know, I think that the Cowboys are going to wind up in the playoffs now. The way things are starting to shape up, I think the Falcons are in big trouble. They're going to have a hard time bouncing back from that woeful decision by Mike Smith. I don't care. People dig up statistics. Well, you know, the numbers say that it was the, actually the smart move. No. You do not do that to your defense because what the implication is, our coach doesn't trust us. That creates trouble in the locker room. That's going to hurt the Falcons. I think they're already in trouble anyway because I don't think Matt Ryan is as good as uh, apparently a lot of other people seem to think he is. It became a video game. Like when you play your buddies in Madden or NCAA football on the Xbox or whatever, is you always go for it on fourth down no matter what the situation is. Yes. I oh, well, I have confidence in my offensive line and, and Michael Turner. No, you – Lack confidence in your defense's ability to stop Drew Brees. That's a problem. You, you have stopped to punt. him once. I mean, what were the odds you're going to stop him? Have again? to punt it there. But if Tony Romo holds on to his position, handsome Hank, I agree with you. Mark Sanchez, if you're a Jets fan, it's got to be awfully frustrating. And in fact, it's got to be a horrible case of deja vu that if you grew up a Jets fan and you were my age, you watched a, an otherwise really, really good Jets team that could very well have won a Super Bowl or two. But because Richard Todd was the QB, you never got over the hump. Same thing now. Like this team, I understand really? their flaws. What is I that under- like? I wonder what it's like to have to root for a really good team, and yet you just don't win because of the quarterback. Oh well, you because mean like, like when your quarterback was Dieter Brock. Ah, Damashek with the point gets in ahead of rank. How about that, fella? What do you think? Very like when nice. You root, rooted for the Rams. Really? Well played, Damashek. I guess if we're going to go by the continuum of how this plays out, then yes. Does Damashek now get the lead? Am I now in the lead for the we we named? We have a reader who, who get, keeps track of us, who can organically get it in first on a podcast, and this the point goes to. So Damashek. that counts as the first. I think one? so. I think Are I now sure? pull ahead in the history in the thirty-four show history of the Dave Damashek right. football program. Fair enough. Um, but yes, all right. Yeah, you're right. The Rams are another team. But yes, now they're watching Mark Sanchez. But it's got to be sickening, and it's got to be sickening to Ryan and Schottenheimer, too, who decided it over the summer, this QB's ready to to take it up to the next level. We've now given him Plexico. We gave him Derek Mason. Dustin Keller is ready to emerge now along with Santonio. Well, Let's give the lose? offense over to Mark Sanchez. And boy, he I, I brought this up, and you mentioned Jason Smith, the handsome Hank. I said the other day, Mark Sanchez might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and I'm not talking about Tyler Palco and Matt Line or guys who are being shoved into the lineup because of injury. Guys who started the season as the QB, and you're hard-pressed to name one worse. I mean, you could say Chad Henney, that's a valid one. Tavares Jackson, I actually like him better than most people do, but that's that's on the cusp there. But, I mean, really, Mark Sanchez is in the bottom five. Can we agree on that, that he's one of the five worst quarterbacks? Absolutely. Yeah, it's really and is there bad. anything more entertaining than being here on a Sunday watching games and watching Jason Smith meltdown like, over another Jets loss? We missed it on Sunday night because everybody went home, went their separate ways. But just Jason Smith really wears his, his heart on his sleeve when it it's comes al- to the it's Jets. It's almost as much fun as watching Adam Rank uh, crumble about his, uh, uh, over his uh, fantasy team. All right, listen. <laughs> now, Handsome Hank. Talking about that Jets game and that Patriots game, some uh, some stuff came out of the mouths of uh, the respective coaches afterwards. First of all, Rex Ryan, when a fan yelled, uh, you're not as good as Belichick, he uh, he shouted an expletive 
at that fan. But Bill Belichick was, I don't think there's a recording of it, but he said something to his son. It's reported as they left the field. He said something to his son. And as you always do with your glorious British accent, why don't you read it for us and see if you can put it in a favorable light. Actually, Dave, there is a recording of it. I'll just cue it up. Hold on. 37 points on the best defense of the league. S my D. Language, please. Wow. Yeah. S my D is what he says. You can uh, imagine. Blank my blank is what he said to his son. I won't stand for that. That doesn't make it any more palatable to me. I happen to be a parent, handsome man. You know what? I'm a football fan. I'm a broadcaster. But most of all, I'm a parent. Mm -hmm. No. But now, How old but is his son? What kind of talk is that to but your boy? his son's an adult, right? I don't know what he is. I'm just, uh, I'm just looking for a reason to badmouth uh, Belichick. I actually kind of like the, I kind of like that kind of sass at the end of the game. There, the question is, do you think the Patriots now? Be uh, the thing that is remarkable to me is that immediately after the game, it was sort of like, well. I guess the Patriots' defense is back on track. You're playing Mark Sanchez. If you're still going by fantasy, too. I'm sorry I jumped in there. But if you're still going by fantasy, Mark Sanchez still had a pretty good game, fantasy-wise. No. Mark's uh, fine. See, you get caught up in that. He is not. But I'm using that as a thing. The same thing with Tim Tebow. People get caught up. Well, he had a good game fantasy-wise. That does not mean he's anything close to a worthwhile cue. And I know he's 3-1 and as a starter in real football. He's playing bad teams. It is going to catch up. Anybody who thinks the Broncos are making the playoffs with Tim Tebow is wrong, wrong, and wrong. And the same thing with Mark Sanchez. I don't care what his final numbers say. When you watch him play, he throws back-breaking interceptions. He makes horrible decisions week after week after week. And like I say, I just say I got to believe that Rex Ryan and Brian Schottenheimer are are wringing their hands thinking, what were we thinking that this guy, we could be a pass-first offense with this guy as our quarterback? Last week we talked about the Dolphins not getting carried away after one win. It seems like after two wins they, they may well have done. Now um, it's time to go crazy. Exactly. Carlos Dansby, uh, after the game, declared himself the best linebacker in the NFL. He said, I'm better than everybody. Everybody. Period. Point blank. I just haven't had the recognition, man. I'm more versatile than everybody, period. Point blank. I'm more versatile than everybody. Hands down. I can do it all. I can take the tight end. I can check the running backs. You don't have to put me in one hole. I ain't no hole guy. You can play man-to-man all over the field, man. I can do it all. I can hit guys. I can drop in coverage. I can blitz the quarterback. I got, what, 28 sacks? Almost 30 sacks? I'm just trying to get my game picked up. I'm trying to get to the 2020 interceptions and sacks club. Wow, that's... uh, Listen... I like a man with confidence, you know. What, what what's to be said? I was going to say you have to respect that because that that's right out of the Damashak playbook. It is the exact 180 degree opposite uh with the way I go through life. I always assume I'm doing something wrong. I always <laughs> yeah. assume people don't like me because I'm a loser. It's not their fault, it's my fault. These guys think I am the greatest. The exact opposite. It's I, I admire it, I envy it, and then ultimately as a fan, I often resent it. Doesn't it bother you like when you think of Mark Sanchez, you're like, he walks into a Wahoo's fish taco or whatever and he's hanging. He thinks he's good. Like he how do you go through life just thinking like do you not see what we see? Because it's rare the the fan who yells at Rex Ryan, ah, Belichick's better than you. That happens very rarely. It's positive affirmation. His entire life has been, you're the greatest. How many people walk up to somebody and say, you stink, man. 
You're a lousy quarterback. You're a bad player. Nobody ever does that. They always are pat. Ooh, it's a celebrity. Ooh, and it's a handsome one too. So now, so now women are swooning over him. Of course, he has, he gets no negative feedback or very little, at least. That's how that happens. So he doesn't hang out with Hank enough. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah. See, negative every- feedback every day, but with a with a, with a Dave, you're glorious. What you did today was well funny. It was well funny. Now Adam Rank, not as good. No. Well poor. <laughs> All right. So listen, handsome Hank, the one whole man, hit the bricks. We got some work to do here. We've got. Thank you for stopping by, though, handsome Hank. Talk to you next week. Everybody's favorite segment. One of their favorite segments. Yes. Here on the uh, on the Without program a doubt. is when uh, he comes from across the pond to share his dulcet tones with us. Now, Rank, you did some banner work. Handsome Hank walks the hallways, but that's what I was saying in in, in side A. We need to take better advantage of it. You know, they're 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 big time stars. They're Hall of Famers walking the hallways. Stars, mascots, right? Like your like your producer on the Shame Report, Mitchell Swartz, mascot. That's right. He is a, he is sort of a mascot. So and and so you and Black Tie, producer Black Tie, walk in the halls yesterday. You caught up with Jalen Rose, didn't you? We did. And you you know the issue in case you missed it a couple episodes ago was number thirty two. We were naming the player who wore it best in sports history. You brought up Magic Johnson. You said he was better than Michael Jordan. This set up a uh, set off a big controversy among the listener. And uh, so you asked Jalen Rose that question, among others, and should we just just get right to it here? Let's do it. Should we name this segment, though? Walk in the Halls, maybe? Walk in the Halls. Um, We're going to need a song, then. Walk this, Dave! Talk with Rank. Walk with Dave! Talk with Rank. I will work on it. That's all we can do. All right, but right now, let's... What's that? Now give me a quote. (laughs) <laughs> Good. All right. All right. So that's all right. Maybe we can. Maybe there's something there. I think we're there. We're, there's we're a close. germ. There's a germ. Um, all right. So let's hear Adam Rank's hallway conversation with NBA great Jalen Rose. And the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids is pleased to be joined by Mr. Jalen Rose, a member of the Fab Five, outstanding NBA career. We'll start with uh, a question that's been going on in this podcast for a couple of weeks now. Now, I have this partner who is somehow I don't know where he comes up with this I think it's because he grew up or he didn't grow up he spent some time in Chicago but he's under the misguided notion that Michael Jordan was a better player than Magic Johnson and I was hoping can you settle this for us can you be the tiebreaker they actually transcended the game in two different ways um Dr. J was in the ABA in 1979 Magic Johnson Larry Bird coming to the NBA Magic Johnson takes the world by storm Lakers go to the NBA Finals. Kareem's get, Kareem gets injured. Magic jumps center, shows his versatility, goes on to have a crazy game, triple-double, 40-plus points. The only 6'9 point guard to ever play the game. Story franchise, Los Angeles Lakers. But he also had the fortunes of playing with other great players. For example, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was on that Laker team, too. And by the way, he's probably the greatest champion to transcend each level of basketball. He won four championships in high school. He won three in college. He won six in the NBA and six MVPs. And he's the NBA's all-time leading scorer. So Magic did have help, and he didn't win a championship without Kareem. They went on to get worthy, and while he transcended the position at point guard, Michael Jordan, I think, just transcended the game internationally, being a scorer, being a leader. And, And Michael Jordan could say he was something that Magic Johnson couldn't, is that there were times when Michael Jordan was the best player 
on both ends of the court. And he helped groom a Scottie Pippen to become one of the top 50 players of all time. So two different positions, two different players. I'm a Michigan native, so Magic was my favorite player. I rooted against Michael Jordan his entire career, played against him in 1998. They beat us in the Eastern Conference Finals when I was playing for Indiana, so I got a chance to play in the playoffs against them. So if they play one-on-one, that's how I'll settle this. We all know that Michael Jordan will win. I'm sorry, I missed that last part. You said <laughs> Magic what? He was your favorite guy, though, right? Yes, but if they play one-on-one, who would win? Basketball is a team sport, yes, though. We're talking is. about NBA. You're talking about guys, you know. <laughs> but you said Michael Jordan, he had good players. When Magic Johnson left the Lakers, they went from NBA Finals to losing in the first round. Michael left the Bulls. They went from NBA title to making it to the Eastern Conference semifinals. So I think it's kind of a, a mis- misnomer that Jordan was playing with just complete nobodies. Oh, wow. You're really a Laker fan. Because let, let, me, let me rewind this. You said when Magic left. The Lakers, they went down. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to get Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Phil Jackson, and they've won five championships since Magic retired. The Bulls have not won the Eastern Conference since Michael Jordan retired. So that's a big drop-off. Oh, okay. I, okay, so I see what you're getting at. So you're what you're saying to me is that the, the question should be who's the best of all time, Magic or Kobe? No, I'm saying that Michael Jordan was such a transcendent player, not only in NBA history, but also set such a high expectation for the Chicago Bulls that they have not been able to duplicate that. While since the Lakers lost Magic Johnson, they had greats before Magic. You ever heard of Jerry West? You ever heard of Elgin Baylor? They're a story franchise, and they've had greats since Magic also. Good point. So we'll agree to disagree. I still think if you read between the lines, I think he wants to agree. I got one more for you too. All right, please. Every time the Bulls won the championship, Jordan was the Finals MVP. There were times when the Lakers won the championship that Magic wasn't the Finals MVP. That's true. That's true because because Magic made all those around him better. But let's get let's get to this. We talked about this at the top. We talked about the Fab Five. To me, one of the greatest teams in college basketball history, no doubt. But I grew up out here. I actually wasn't a UCLA fan. I grew up watching the running Rebels of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. The UNLV of the 90s, the Fab Five, who's better? You preach it to the choir for this argument. I was just with Larry Johnson this past Saturday. When I was in high school, a lot of people don't know this, Anderson Hunt, who was the finals MVP when, the, when UNLV won the championship, that's a friend of mine. He's from Detroit. He went to my high school. So they came to a game when I was in high school to watch me play. I went to Vegas a few times while I was in high school. So I looked up to that team, Greg Anthony, Stacey Augman, Anderson Hunt, Larry Johnson. So being a young player, I always had a dislike for teams that they played against before I played them. So that's why I hated Duke before I ever played against them. So Duke, Duke winning the national title that year when they beat UNLV, one of the worst things that happened to our country in sports-wise? It was one of the worst things that happened to me because I was watching that game in Anderson Hunt's basement with his family in southwest Detroit. Then the following year, I was playing against Duke in December and playing against Duke in the NCAA final. So I didn't have to drum up a dislike for that team at all. It was already built in. So to answer your question, who would win, 
I have to pay homage to the guys that won the championship, to the guys that I looked up to, and I give the edge to the running Rebels. See, we're one and one now. We're back to being friends. I appreciate that. Well, you know, Greg Anthony, though, I've always contended one of the most underrated college point guards ever. Would you agree with that? Wall Street. That was his nickname when he was in college because he was more than just a guy that, you know, went to class and played basketball. He was into politics, and he went on to have a real good NBA career, played a long time, doing well as an analyst, and he's a friend of mine. So I have to give him a nod on that. One quick question before we go. LeBron James, you know, with the lockout going on, he's kidded about playing in the NFL. If the lockout continues, is is this something that he should consider? LeBron is probably one of the best physical specimens and athletes going in professional sports right now and probably is going to be discussed over the history of all sports when you say best athletes because of his height, because of his strength, because of his athleticism, his speed, his agility but from a basketball player. To play football, that's something totally different. We've seen some guys do it, I know. Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, I get it. But at 6'8 and a half, 6'9", that's a much bigger target to hit. So you go across the middle, you go up for the football, and all of a sudden here comes Palomalu or Ray Lewis or Patrick Willis. And while he may get his hands on the football, his feet will never hit the ground. So to answer your question, no. LeBron, continue to play in the NBA where a guy can get in front of you and flop, and they may call it a block or a charge. Stay away from that gridiron. That's it. All right. Thank you, Jalen Dates, for uh, stopping by the great Jalen Rose. Thank you. Appreciate it. Kudos, Rank. Excellent work there. When I interviewed Jalen Rose on ESPN, I asked him um, who did best, who was the most fabulous with, uh, from the Fab Five, who was the most fabulous with the ladies, with the co-eds at Michigan in Ann Arbor. Taylor King. No, that's not, no. So, by the way, quick trivia question. Go ahead. Let's see how quickly Rank can name no, the I Fab can't. Five. I'm, I'm going to miss it. You can't name it. You can't name the Fab Five? Oh, it's Jimmy King. Correct. Taylor. Weber. Taylor, no. Ta- Maurice Taylor came after the Fab Five. He's no, not no, the no. Fab Five. Jimmy King. Jimmy Jaylen, King. Jalen. Weber. Correct. There is also Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard, and the other guy, the only guy who didn't make it to the NBA. Jawan Howard was actually the guy who brought them all together. That's right. If you watch that documentary, it was don't change the subject. Ray Jackson is the correct answer. Ray Jackson. Now, what I asked him though, I said, "Who's the most fabulous with the co-eds?" And who do you think he said out of that uh, that quintet? I would say it had to be Jalen, though, right? Well, no, Chris Webber's a handsome devil. I assumed it would be Chris Webber, but then Jalen Rose has the rap, as you just heard there. He said Jawan Howard. Jawan I said, Howard. why Jawan Howard? Jawan Howard? Over you and Chris Webber? He said, yes. I said, why? He said, because ladies like guys who are really clean and put together, and Jawan always had an iron and an ironing board and always kept his clothes clean and pressed, and huh. the ladies always loved that. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, but he meant it. He was sincere about it. I thought that was a fascinating insight into the Fab Five. But, and also very nice of uh, Jalen Rose to distribute the credit over to Joan Howard, as he did so often when the Fab Five was running the floor there. Mm-hmm. Now, you then also, you didn't quit there. You tracked down quit. you and Black Tie, the producer, didn't just catch Jalen Rose. You also caught, one, you know, L.A. Rams talk. You love talking Rams rank. Yep. Everybody knows that who listens to, to this podcast or reads your work. You caught up with a guy who started his career 
in Anaheim as an L.A. Ram, mm-hmm. Jerome Bettis, who then went on to have a, a, a little more time in another city, didn't he? Yeah, and I was surprised that, you know, we, we actually, that's how we started the conversation. All right, well, let's hear it. Welcome back to the Adam Rank Gridiron Podcast for Kids. Pleased to be joined by one of the great L.A. Rams of all time, Mr. Jerome Bettis. Jerome, how are you doing today? I uh, can't complain. Doing well. Now, here's something interesting that a lot of people might not realize, but you actually finished your career with the Steelers. Do people still remember that? Uh, I don't think they do. I think uh, it was overshadowed by um, playing back east in Pittsburgh. <laughs> See, nobody remembers that. And obviously, I'm having a little bit of fun, but it's it's great to have you here because you were one of the guys who could keenly talk about this. You were there with the Los Angeles Rams in their final days before they moved does it seem to you, because I, and I'll preface this, I'll let you know right up front, I was an L.A. Rams fan, I covered the Rams for the L.A. County, or for the Orange County Sports page, do, do the Rams fans kind of out here get kind of a bad rap? They get no rap because they don't exist. I mean, that's the pro, that's why they, the team moved, because, you know, we weren't getting the fan support. I mean, you had, you had fans that were that were Rams fans, but they didn't show the support necessary. And I think, you know, had they shown the support necessary, it wouldn't have been a need to uh, to move. But with that, I will say also the franchise did not do enough to win uh, and probably sent a lot of those Rams fans uh, underground, so to speak. Uh, so I think it was a little bit of both. I think the franchise didn't do enough to win, Um and the fans didn't uh, didn't show that that love and support that you that you have to. Yeah, but you, that, you're absolutely right because you were not there rooting for a team that had Dieter Brock as a quarterback. And did you when you were growing up, who was your team living in Detroit? Uh, my team was the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I you know it was one of those deals where I grew up bowling, so I didn't I didn't like watch football every Sunday. Uh, the game that I always saw was uh, on Thanksgiving, so it was either the Lions or the Cowboys, and so I gravitated to the Cowboys, and that was um, that was kind of my my deal. See, we have too many people. See, we have too many people like that out here. They rooted for the Cowboys. They rooted for the Niners. Not enough guys rooting for the Rams. They didn't put enough guys around you. That's the problem. Yeah, the problem is from the top. It starts at the top, and when the ownership is is weak um, and doesn't care about winning then the organization has no pressure to put a winning team on the field and I think that was the problem um, with the Rams especially when I was there um, our owner uh, uh, Georgia Frontier we we only saw her uh, on picture day and we in one year she didn't show up for the picture in that year so it, it was one of those deals where if you don't care about winning then your subordinates uh, are going to take a different approach, um, and that's what happened. Uh, the management didn't didn't really care about about uh, putting that championship team on the field. As I always suspected, that's what I've always said. One other thing, though, and you mentioned the ownership, but when you look at the Lakers, how well the Lakers have done, the Angels and Dodgers both draw three million fans a year. If there's a right ownership group, a right stadium, can football thrive? In L.A., look what USC's done. I mean, it seems like pro football could actually work here. Pro football can work here. The the problem is uh, I don't think anyone would give it the time that it needs. So, you know, when, Whenever a team moves, it needs a full generation in order to endear itself to the fans. You go into your shower feeling 
tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.